When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals, so they hired someone who killed Steve. Yeah, the LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but, but you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's going to go 8-4 this year and half those kids are going to transfer. Are you sure? Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for the final tailgate of the year. I'm, of course, joined, as always, by Kiernan. Kiernan, how are you doing, pal? Doing great, man. It's a great win. Yeah, we'll get to that later. But I am depressed. <laughs> I am depressed, Kiernan. We are done with college football. And it's not like the COVID year where, you know, you had FCS in the spring, so you had to wait a few months or a few weeks even. Nope, we're done with college football for the year. It's very sad. I want to cry. Yeah, it is. It is. It's all. It's always shitty this time of year because you know you look forward to every Saturday watching college game day. You know, twelve plus hours of football of kids. You know, leaving it all on the field for that NFL contract, and then you just have to sit back and and wait for the draft, which is fun, but you know, it's nothing like actually watching them play. Yeah, it's I I do like at least with the draft buildup, you get to see all their college highlights. True, that is true. Yeah, they do do a lot of that, but it, but I don't know. It, it's not the it's it's not the same in any capacity. No, it is not. What the NCAA should do is delay or add a couple more buys to the FCS season. Because then, if you have games on Saturday after college football after uh, FBS ends. Everybody will watch them. 100%, yeah. Uh, the NFL might have an issue with that because they played their games on Saturdays for the playoffs now that college is over. Um, do you know why the NFL plays on Sundays, by the way? Uh, historically, no. Because when the NFL started they and was being televised, they knew they couldn't compete with college football playing on Saturdays, so they played their games on Sundays. That, I think that's like a fun fact. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny. I remember that fact. I think you told me about that, but for some reason, I just forgot it. Yeah, w- watch me be completely wrong, and I'm just misremembering that. 
no, nah, nah, it's fine. We'll just keep it and lie to ourselves. It's fine. That is fair. But yes, the Natty was on Monday. Uh, Kieran, what were your thoughts? Uh, dismay. Pretty much just utter dismay because I, I secretly, despite me picking Georgia, I secretly wanted TCU to win. I was like, or at least, you know, keep it close. It was just, there was some redemption after the first touchdown they scored, but it just got away from them. And I'm just sad. Yeah, it it wasn't competitive at any point, really. No. Once... Stetson Bennett scored, and then TCU fumbled it. I'm like, all right, this game's over, isn't it? Yeah. And they, yeah, Max Duggan scored on the keeper to make it close again, but that was really it. Yeah, it, it was the only light that they had all game. And I am, I'm sad that TCU didn't even look like a D1 team out there. They looked like an NAIA team, honestly. I. I mean, honestly, Harvard is D. No, Harvard's FCS. Uh, I don't even know a D three school off the top. Hobart and Smith probably could have kept up with them. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It was. <clears throat> the disparity between talent was insane. Like, I I understand TCU had a wonderful year. They got through. You know. They got through all their opponents, lost in the uh, Big 12 championship. But I was like, doesn't matter. They're going to rebound after this. They beat Michigan. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to give Georgia at least a run for their money. At, at the very minimum, a run for their money. Even if the score ended up being 45 to 30, I would say that's a good game for TCU. Uh, none of that happened. And I'm just kind of, just kind of shocked that... TCU was even on the field for that. I mean, so. I mean, Kent State played Georgia closer than TCU did. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. 22 30, right? I think it was. It was 30. Something. Yeah. 35. 35. Yeah. But yeah, gave up fewer points, scored more. Yeah. It, it's insane. Uh, I do like the fact that, and I've been a big Sonny Dykes guy all year. I've loved. The Horn Frogs. I've loved Sonny Dykes. I've loved what he did, what he has done with that program in year one. However, he took a shot at the SEC. Leading up this game, he said, "Oh well, we we can't just schedule an FCS opponent in Week Twelve. We have to play hard throughout the year." Well, Sonny Dykes, now you see why the SEC schedules an FCS opponent for Week Twelve because they have to go out and fucking play Georgia. In Alabama, in LSU, in Tennessee. Like, it's insane. The SEC this bowl season has beaten the Big 12 champion, can't convincingly, the Big 12 runner up, the Big 10 runner up, the ACC champion, and it, none of the games are necessarily close. The SEC can get away with doing that. Because everyone knows that when you step on that field, you are going to run into a buzzsaw if it's bowl season. And yes, not every SEC team is great. I'm not saying Vanderbilt would go 9-3 and three in the Big Ten, like some people think. No, Vanderbilt's probably going 4-8, and eight, maybe 5-7 and seven in the Big Ten, all honestly. Pac-12 might be a different story, but now you see why. 
The SEC yeah. is essentially playing a different fucking sport than the rest of the country, minus maybe Ohio State and Michigan. Although, right. apparently not fucking Michigan. I don't know how they would have done. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State only lost by one, and it was a, it was a shit field goal that they could have easily made it into the national championship. So, I mean, there's that. The other thing is, the other thing with that is, like, uh, I have to almost agree with Josh uh, Hopel, the Vols coach, when he just said, I don't know if he saw this, uh, he was on a podcast or something, but he just goes, how would you set up the college football playoff? And he just goes, get the top four teams in the SEC and just let them play it out. And there was a huge reaction to that, but I'm honestly thinking at this point, I'm just like, honestly, it would have been so much better. I mean, like I, I look, I look at how badly Georgia beat down on TCU and I'm like, Alabama would have won that game. Like as bad as they were and as shitty as play calling as Bill O'Brien has done all year, Alabama might have won that game. I'm not saying they would. I'm not saying they absolutely would dominate Georgia, not even remotely close, but I will say that at least it would have been more competitive than that. And with the possibility of a win, what TCU did to Michigan, oh, before you say anything, Kevin, I know you're, you're, you want to jump the gun, but don't do it. What TCU did to Michigan, I, I was, I saw the hope in their eyes. I was like, this is the year, you know, Cincinnati had the Cinderella run last year. Uh, TCU is the, you know, it's the power five team to really stick it to the SEC. Uh, and I was totally and utterly disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I mean. A lot of Alabama fans on Twitter, and I'm glad you brought this up because I did want to address this. A lot of Alabama fans on Twitter are saying, like, see, TCU shouldn't have been in. Alabama should have been in over them. This game would have been more competitive with Alabama in there instead of TCU. I I disagree that Alabama should have been in over TCU, honestly. If they had lost to Michigan, then yeah, I would make that argument, and I would argue Alabama was a better team than TCU. Mm-hmm. but. They beat the Big Ten champion and made it to the college football playoffs. At that point, you can't necessarily argue as effectively like they shouldn't have been in at all. Well, yeah. Th- then Michigan shouldn't have been in. Right. Well, how are you going to argue the undefeated Big Ten champion shouldn't have been in? Right. No, I, I believe me, I understand that whole like the series of logic and it, you know, snowballs completely out of control. But the the, the weird thing about it was that I agree TCU should have been in, right? I have no doubt about that. I didn't think they'd beat Michigan. And then I watched Ohio State. I watched Ohio State almost beat Georgia and only missed on a field goal. I watched Michigan crush Ohio State at home. And I watched TCU beat Michigan for the semifinal. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, like, I get that these three, four, t- or excuse me, four teams are the best in the country, and I have no doubt about it. But I'm just like, what happened between beating Michigan and going into the national championship where TCU just looked completely like a broken team? Like, they look like amateurs or high school seniors playing NFL people. Like, that's how bad the disparity was. Yeah, I mean, I think TCU, or not TCU, excuse me, I think Ohio State, the problem is they they play to their competition's level. Outside of the Michigan game, all year, 
they would play really well. And then they like look at the Northwestern game. Mm-hmm. They struggled a lot. And I know it was windy, but Michigan, I mean, Northwestern, geez, I can't talk today. I feel like if I say every episode I can't talk, that just means I can't talk, not just today. But it just means, like, Northwestern played about the same. Like, Ohio State just has had a problem getting motivated for lesser games or games they viewed as lesser, and it caught up to them in Michigan. Yeah. Actually, it caught up to them in Columbus because it was a fucking home game. But, yeah, and then they just played to Georgia's level. Yeah, and I I just – I don't – I don't understand how – I can understand, like, if you're playing first three weeks of the year and you're playing Kent State, Georgia Tech, you know, some, you know, nonchalant team that you can just easily steamroll. I I, I get not I get playing to their level there. Right. Because it kind of gives the, the power five teams a warm up or two or three warm up games. And I do understand that. But like when you get into your conference schedule you need to be hitting every cylinder all of the time at full speed. Like I don't, I can't understand the disparity between what I watched at Michigan when TCU beat them and what I watched in the national championship. I, I just, that just, that massive disparity just doesn't make any sense to me because we're going back to who beat who earlier in the season, like Michigan beating Ohio state and then this, that, and the other thing. And, I, I'm just so confused about what happened. Like, was there some significant injury? Was there a death on one of the families of, of a kid? Like, I, I have no idea why it was so bad. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, I think part of it was TCU was without their starting running back, so that kind of sucked. But Yeah, but even still, like, they they have a wide receiving core that's at, at minimum decent, and they held Michigan, and they beat the beat Michigan. So, like... Their defense isn't – it's not the best thing in the world, obviously, but it's also not the worst. You don't win games with shitty defense. Yeah, I, I think Georgia is just still has a historically good – I don't think they're historically great as they were last year on defense. Uh, the offense has caught up to them a bit, and I'm not saying their offense is as good as their defense, but their offense made up for that gap to mm-hmm. kind of make up for those defensive losses. And TCU, nobody in this country who has not played Georgia has really seen a defense like that this year. And you saw TCU's offense being slowed down. Their defense couldn't keep it close, so the ball was getting turned over constantly on from TCU. So that's kind of what led to this lopsided score. Yeah, true. But I still think another, a more competent defense would have done better because they could have slowed down some Georgia drives could have maybe turned the ball over once or twice. Not a lot. Stetson Bennett doesn't really turn the ball over too much. Um, but, and I didn't want to bring this up earlier, but we kind of went on this little sidetrack. But I'm going to go through the SEC schedule. You tell me who you think would have gotten blown out this badly in the national championship. We're going to start in the West. We're replacing TCU. Okay. Alabama. No. LSU. Probably not, no. No, they didn't get they, they didn't get blown out this badly in the SEC championship. Uh, Mississippi State. Nope. Ole Miss. Nope. Arkansas. Mm, maybe. 
I, I put the, I viewed the dividing line at like around Ole Miss, Arkansas, but closer to Arkansas than anything. Yeah. And then Auburn and Texas A&M. Yes. Yes. Yes, they would get beaten that bad. And then SEC East. Georgia, obviously, is in that conference. So would Georgia have played Georgia close? No. Uh, <laughs> no. Didn't turn the season. South Carolina. I would almost argue no, because I'm going to argue no, but I can understand uh, maybe a line. But go on. Keep going. Kentucky. Yes. Florida. Ah. Uh, Maybe. That's another maybe for me. Missouri. Yes. Missouri played Georgia closer this season. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So, no. No on Missouri. Yeah, so, no. Sorry. I see the yes on Kentucky. Maybe yeah. a yes on Florida. I'm not sure. Depends on the day. It Vanderbilt. Like. Well, yeah. We don't, we're not including Vanderbilt. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're there for their baseball and their academic abilities. That's really it. Yeah. Prop that conference up. Yeah, pretty much. But, yeah. So, if you put uh, next year, I think I'm just going to argue South Carolina should be the college football playoff. Go ahead. You might as well. But also, like I said last week, that this has been the best college football playoffs we had. Now, watch it get ruined by a blowout in the natty. And that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I feel like every other natty is just a blowout. And if not the natty, it's one of the semifinal games and it's just it it's almost annoying because there's so much hype around these two 12 and 0 teams or whatever it is and you're just like i'm watching someone get beat 31 32 nothing you know at a late touchdown and i'm just like yeah it doesn't matter looking at you ohio state <laughs> no and that's why you don't put a slow white linebacker on the heisman trophy winner yes yes I'm still so pissed he got hurt going into half. <laughs> he had like 10 catches for 215 yards and three touchdowns in half. He would have been taken out anyway. It just it doesn't matter that he wasn't in. Oh, no. I wanted to see those third quarter stats. I wanted to see him try to rack up as many yards and touchdowns as possible. He's, he's so light he could keep running circles around the defenders. Yeah, it would have been awesome, but... But anyway, there's our natty recap. Uh, it was a shit show through and through. Where do you think this puts Stetson Bennett, though, in terms of rankings of college football quarterbacks throughout history? So, uh, I, I'm not quarterbacks throughout history. That's that's a, a long time to go back. I don't know. I think I think it has cemented his time at Georgia and as a solid. Uh, a solid quarterback because, you know, I think we discussed this, or at least I brought this up when we were talking about the Heisman candidates. I'm going to like, you know, he has the stat line and it's good and it's decent, but it's not really Heisman worthy material. I argued for like Drake May and Blake Corum and, and those guys, because I, I felt that they contributed more points to their teams and their offense and things like that. And you brought up the point of if you're the number one team in the country, you get essentially get an automatic bid, which is fair. But I think now I'm not comparing the two at all, but I'm s seeing similar trajectories is where Stetson Bennett is a perfectly fine QB throughout the season. 
And then he's just had this, like, almost one miraculous game, like Sean Clifford did in the Rose Bowl, where it's like, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's good. He can do it. He He's capable of it. Oh, my God. He's this was the most insane performance I've ever seen. And I'm just like, why? Why couldn't you have shown this level of competence through the rest of your time at Georgia? I, I just think he, he's, he's clutch. Clutch, fine. But I think he's underwhelming overall i'd also like to point out he has not had one good he all four bowl games he started he's been the offensive mvp yeah but it's always given to the quarterback no matter how bad or well he does uh 2015 derrick henry oh are you hold on are you seriously about to compare the freight train that is derrick henry to a, a Stetson Bennett, which is a six foot scrawny haired white guy, really. I think Devontae your... Smith got it too in twenty twenty. I mean, it's not always a quarterback. It's not as it's not necessarily like the NFL where every award is a quarterback award. No, I'm not saying I I'm saying as a generalization. I'm not talking about specific Alabama players, Kevin. Well, no, but he played phenomenally in those bowl games. I'm not saying he's a top five quarterback, like fifty seven percent of the people who voted in our poll did. I did where does Stetson Bennett rank in the history of CFB quarterbacks? 57% said top five, 10% said top 10, 10% said top 20, and 23% said outside the top 10, or outside the top 20, excuse me. I'd put him in that top 20. I'd put him in that like 15, 10 to 15 range, maybe, maybe like around 15, I think. All right, that's fair. I, th- I think I might, I'd put him probably closer to 20. I just, I, he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's good. And he'll, get the job done. I just don't think he has that kind of like X factor that'll make him great or anything like that. No, I mean, I don't know. I, I also think his shtick's kind of gotten annoying. He's now a cocky white boy, but yeah, he's, I also like, well, Kate and I are both white for those who didn't know that. So I yeah. wouldn't think he's, like, he's a cocky white boy, but, but like, it's what it is. He's, he's kind of a prick. It seems honestly. Yeah. I'm not saying on off the field he's an asshole, but like his interviews, he's kind of a, a prick. I'm just yeah. gonna say that. But but no, I I don't know. I think he's very hard to rank because yeah. I think you're either going to underrate him because he's annoying, he's arrogant. It seems in terms of interviews, and he has those like four good games. So you're gonna underrate him for that. But then some people are gonna overrate him for being. No offers out of high school, walk on at Georgia, transfers to Juco, comes back to Georgia, wins start job. So I think the story will get some people to overrate him. Do you yeah, think I, Yeah, oh, do you think he should be in the college football hall of fame? Uh I n- not necessarily. I don't think it's I mean, maybe. Like he get through on the skin of his seat, but I, I don't I, I I don't think he's made an impact on college football like others have and i and it, that's not like how do i explain this it's not it's not something tangible that you can look at like a stat line or something like that i just don't think his overall uh mantra should be or, or will be one of that of like oh my god he is this incredible guy who got his team to two national championships. Yes, it went back to back. Yes, that's hard to do. I understand that. 
but I think that the defense has carried that team more than anything, and the offense just made up the points is where I where I'm landing on that side of the fence. That's fair. Uh, there's some weird thing. Oh, yeah, he'll never be in the College Football Hall of Fame. Right. Uh, what was the thing? For the something... dumbest fucking reason. You need to be a first-team All-American. Oh, that's right. So, there you go. People what? think he's good enough to be a first-team All-American. That's your reasoning. I'm not arguing he should have been a first-team All-American. Don't get me wrong. But let's say... Let's, let's just say you have, like... I'm trying to think of two quarterbacks you play at the same time who are, like, considered great quarterbacks. I don't know. Tua and Trevor Lawrence. Let's say one of them was a first-team All-American all three years. This isn't how it played out, but just hypothetically. And the other one won back-to-back natties. It beat Trevor Lawrence, in, or let's say Trevor Lawrence, All-American, Tua natties. And Tua beat Trevor Lawrence for one of his back-to-back natties. Should Tua be held out of the college football playoff, or out of the college football Hall of Fame because of voters in the media? Oh, no. That's what I'm saying. And this is more an argument that the College Football Hall of Fame is dumb fucking rules set yeah. on this. I think Hall of Fame voting should be stat-based and award-based, but also off of vibes. Well, it is off of vibes. Vibes of idiots on the internet. <laughs> like, I think any Hall of Fame that has, like, you need to have this much of this and this like much win percentage. Like, Mike Leach has the vibes of a Hall of Fame. He should be. Oh, oh, that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But also, it's it's just ridiculous. Like, okay, so so hold on. Let me hard limits. Yeah, the hard limits that don't need to be there. So, so from now on, we're going to use a new metric. All right, the metric is: Does this person give off somewhat Mike Leach vibes? And if so. CFE Hall of Fame. Well, not even Mike Leach vibes, just Hall of Fame vibes in general, but I like that idea more. But no, <laughs> like, right? if I if I could put it into words, Philip Rivers, we're going to take it to the NFL for a second. Philip Rivers has the numbers to be a Hall of Fame. He's like top 10 in passing yards, top 10 passing touchdowns. Doesn't have rings, but has Pro Bowls. But he doesn't have the vibes of a Hall of Fame. That's a, that's a great example. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. Some Chargers fans are going to hate that, but it's fine. It Chargers fans don't exist. Uh, but no, no so that's what I'm saying. It needs to be a combination of the two. You need to look at it like, and I'm not saying Stetson Bennett has these vibes, but no, he wasn't a first team All-American, but he won the back-to-back natties, and he, he has the vibes. So I, I think get rid of these pointless fucking ceilings on your Hall of Fame. It's ridiculous. Fair enough. Um, and another thing that a lot of people are talking about is Georgia a dynasty? I I'm struggling to say yes. I want to say yes, but I'm struggling to say yes. I think the once you have the sort of dominant regime that Alabama under Nick Saban and Bear Bryant had, then you can just then you can consider yourself a dynasty. Now Georgia has won plenty. Uh, in their past history. But the thing 
is, and maybe it's overshadowed by the fact that you're an Alabama fan and we talk about all the accomplishments of Nick Saban and those that came before him, but I don't think they're a dynasty quite yet. I think they need another few years of success, solid success. They don't need to win every single time. I mean, Alabama hadn't under Nick Saban, but they need to be there or on the cusp of a natty for the next four or five years. And then I can safely assume I can I could safely say at that point that it's a dynasty, right? It's it's a known brand of SEC football. It's you know stringent defense followed by decent offense that just puts up 65 points. You know, it's it's one of those things that it, I think Kirby Smart needs a little bit more time with that program to really truly establish it as a Alabama-like dynasty, because that's all we ever compare it to. Yeah, I... No, they're they're not. They're not a dynasty. I think three and five or six years, then you can start getting into yeah. a legitimate conversation about their dynasty. Yeah. Uh, back to back, you're going to have the... Is this the beginning of a dynasty? I'm okay with that conversation. I'll yeah. have that conversation all day. But, no, they're not a dynasty. Uh, four natties over a 90 year period is not, does not make you a dynasty. Back to back is great. It's huge for your program. Yeah. Also, I mean, let's, let's calm down on the Alabama talk or on the Georgia's, the new Alabama. It took Kirby smart seven years, six, seven years to go back to back. Let's, let's cool it. It took him five to win his first natty. Nick Saban won his first in two. And he went back to back within his first five. Let's cool it on. They're not the new Alabama because Alabama is still Alabama. Yeah, Nick Saban isn't going anywhere. Yeah, and I. Bill O'Brien is, but Nick Saban isn't. David Pollock said right next to Nick Saban, by the way, and I thought Nick Saban was going to stab him there, but that Georgia has taken over college football. It people were tweeting it like saying, "No, they like you still have Alabama. They are still there." David Post like, oh, like this is ridiculous to even think they're not. It's getting a lot of traction, but they lost one game in the last two years. They just went back to back. Ignoring who they lost to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, the, the coach of that team is sitting to your right, David Pollock, you muppet. If you go back the last two years, do you know what Georgia's record versus Alabama is? The last two years? Or, oh, sorry. It's two years from... From now, so this season and last season, their record versus Alabama. This one's easy. It, two, two and one, three and one. One and one. one, and they one. Played SEC and Natty. Go back okay. three years. What's their record? Uh, one and two. Yep. Go back four years. What's their record? <laughs> one and three. Do I just keep going what's up? In, is do the L's keep going up? Yes. Yeah. Okay. One and four. Go back six years. One and five. So Kirby Smart has beat Alabama once at Georgia. Did so, it when it matters. Nick Saban did it when it mattered, too. He beat them in the national championship. But here's the thing. But here's the thing, Kevin. You're looking at it from a winner's perspective, right? You need to look at it from the, the downtrodden, the underdog, which is you take the king out. That's the win. That's the win that will cement you in the histories. That's what it. That's what it looks like for literally everyone else in the country. It's not just you. 
It, it's it's ridiculous, though. It's wrong. It's a loser's mentality. <laughs> like, look, so if be you it. you want to have that mentality and you want to be a fucking loser, that's fine. <laughs> oh, but loser mentality. Uh, all right, you want to stop talking about Georgia for a bit? Yeah, sure. Let's, let's move uh, on. Shout out South Dakota State. We didn't talk about this last week, but the FCS National Championship was this weekend. South Dakota State proves that they are the true Dakota by dominating North Dakota State University in the FCS National Championship. It was a good game. It was very good. It's fun to watch. And, oh, it was awesome. Because not having, if you don't have a rooting interest, I like seeing the underdog win. I know I just said that's a loser mentality, but it's because my team's winning generally. So, like, I am unrelated <laughs> to the situation. <laughs> he's 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 very pragmatic, uh, ladies and gentlemen. He switches sides as it pleases him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. But I have a reason for it. At least, but, but hold on, hold on, do, hold on, do, hold on. Before you say that, because I, I'm looking at this right now, right? And I'm looking at the scoreline and all this, uh, you know, the whatever. Uh it's you said the underdog is the the winner. Uh, North Dakota was ranked third. South Dakota was ranked first. Who's the real underdog? <laughs> uh, the the team that has won four of the last five FCS national championships. Oh, loser mentality, Kevin. <laughs> A team that has the team <laughs> that has not won. Let's count it. One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine national championships since 2011. <laughs> I'm gonna go with they're not the underdog. I don't care what the standings say. <laughs> uh, that's why. That's what it's like beating Alabama. That's that's what it feels like. Okay, I mean, that's why. But last year. I'm pretty sure Georgia was not ranked higher, but they might have been favored last year. That I forget. No, but, I, no, I'm, I'm only messing with you. No, I'm aware, but no. Jack Rabbit, shout out, best Dakota. Dude, that's a shit. Also, the the people have spoken, Kieran. By the way, I don't know if you saw this. I'm I'm probably gonna make a best Dakota shirt just for fun. But uh, 56% of voters want us to release the frogs make me horny shirt anyway. Well, why wouldn't they? It's a great shirt. That's true. I might I might make it. Do it. I might. I'm probably going to. I'll do it later. <laughs> uh, Wait, how much how much trouble do you think we're gonna get into for that? I don't know. No one at Belly Up said anything to me about it. I showed leadership. I showed the two co-founders and they thought it was funny. Alright, let's do it. <laughs> so I, I don't think I'm gonna get in trouble, and if I do I'll just take it down or, or stand, stick my guns. Claim, in, claim, yeah, claim intellectual property of all the graphics I've made for Belly Up and tell them that I don't want them using it if they don't let me put out this shirt. Uh, but that will cause quite a scandal if I, they get mad at me. But Good segue. Not as big a scandal as buying a cheeseburger... For a recruit. Yeah, that's right, folks. Michigan State is under NCAA investigation because Jim Harbaugh bought a cheeseburger. 
Can you believe it, Kiernan? It's it's disgraceful. It's uh it's not what the NCAA will stand for. And I think uh, he should not only be thrown in jail, but I think Michigan should be given the death penalty. I think, I think Jim Harbaugh should be given the death penalty. Are you kidding me? He bought a cheeseburger for a Yeah, it, 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 horrific. Can't have what has this world come to? You can feed a kid? Ridiculous. Ugh. Unbelievable. If you know anything about the NCAA, you know they have stood long and hard against feeding children. <laughs> and that's also not a complete joke. They had to be, they needed Kemba Walker to complain about not being able to eat because meal plans were not included in athletic scholarships until he spoke to it, the media about it. That, yeah, that's nuts. Insanity. But for those who are saying this is a bit of an overreaction on the NCAA's part, that is a level two violation. However, and we talked about it this season, if you handle things in-house and are truthful, they don't care. Uh, Jim Harbaugh then lied about it and said, no, he didn't, even though they found a receipt. And, and yeah, so that's the level one violation, that he then lied to the NCAA about it. Yeah, and, and it's, it's one of those things that they could arguably forgive the whole buying of the cheeseburger uh, if they had just, you know, if he had just said, yeah, I did it, you know, whatever. And the NCAA would probably just go, all right, don't do it again type thing. And, but I, I don't, I just don't understand the lying from Jim Harbaugh. What did you have to gain by lying? They were going to find out anyway. They already had the receipt. So why are you trying to get out of it? Uh, yeah. I mean, you're not getting a postseason ban out of this. You might, have like a like you'll have a two scholarship spot reduction for the next season and then after that if that that's an if that like you said it's probably a slap on the wrist don't fucking do it again jim yeah it it's so dumb though so dumb it's i'm happy mark emmert's retiring that man is just a waste it's so oxygen he's, he's not worth the salary he's not worth however much it costs to turn on the lights in his office. <laughs> it, that's a, that's a grade A insult, Kevin, because it just means you are so completely useless and inept that you'd be better off sitting at home. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is not no, going to keep Mark Emmert around. It, it's perfect. I am. I'm excited for Charlie Baker. The Baker era has begun or will begin soon. And uh, it, don't fuck it up, Charlie. Yeah, just, oh, please, God, no. You already made the state I live in better in a lot of ways. Don't bearable? fuck up. Better. Yeah. I think it was bearable. I think Massachusetts is good. That's why I'm moving out in a couple months or a couple weeks. I'm leaving this state, thank God. But it don't fuck up college football. Don't fuck up the one source of happiness I have in my life. <laughs> It's it's only happy when you're when you're winning, Kevin. Trust me. On the on the losing side, it it gets a lot more frustrated. That's why you watch. That's why you don't leave the couch on Saturday because just watch every game. Half of them you don't care about, but it's fun. Fair. Uh, speaking of ruining things for me, Sam Hartman, you beautiful, beautiful 
Son of a bitch. Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman is transferring to Notre Dame, and uh, I hate him. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's not great. Although I would argue Notre Dame is Wake Forest with better marketing. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. They're both good academically. Obviously, Notre Dame's a little better. But if you go by national championships, they have about the same level of success since the Cold War. So yeah, um, Notre Dame. <laughs> It, it was it was really funny, listeners. Um, when I when I first saw this news break, I, I guess I saw it a few seconds before Kevin, and I sent it to him, and I said, "Oh, you are not going to be happy about this one." And he sent he sent it back to me, and just goes, "He's dead to me now." Yeah, he's dead to me. Yeah, an understandable reaction. Yeah. Did um. Did Notre Dame win the ACC that one year? Uh, oh, I don't even know. Did they? I'm trying to remember. Was, I thought it was Clemson, but I could be wrong. Of course, Notre Dame's Wikipedia doesn't have conference championships because they don't have a fucking conference. Of course they don't. Um, Conference titles. Of course, they've won the ACC 21 21- fucking times so they don't have their what was that 2020 yeah yep clemson won it yeah i was gonna say so wake forest has more national championships or more conference championships this century than notre dame does in their entire history so wake forest is just notre dame with better marketing (laughs) yes that seems to be true yes yeah, so, I mean, also, Notre Dame doesn't have a great song about how bad they are at football written about them, so. There's that. Yeah, so. What's the song called? Uh, Deacon Blues by Steely Dan. Oh, I gotta listen to that. I've, I actually didn't know that. That's hilarious. Yeah, it, it's not really about Wake Forest. It's about, they thought the name Deacon Jones was cool. He was a football player for the Rams for a long time. And so they wrote it. But there's a line in there. They call Alabama the Crimson Tide. They call me Deacon Blues. So it, it's about Wake Forest. Gotcha. I don't care what the band members said. It's about Wake Forest. Which goes into the marketing thing. If Notre yeah. Dame had a song about how bad they were at football, people would assume they were bad at football. So Wake Forest needs to improve their marketing. They need to take that song, put it on its head, and every time they win a game, say they gave another team the Deacon Blues. Oh, that's perfect. I'm so smart. This is why I work in marketing. It's phenomenal. Thank you. Now, it's the moment we've been building to all season. Uh, the R picks competition final score. And I am sad to say that Kiernan has won by a score of 45 to 28. Now, you might be asking, Kevin, the score last week was 40 and a half to 31.5 with the Natty worth nine and a half points. How the fuck did you get that score? Well, you see. 
Kieran and I both weren't really right about the national championship. Kieran had had Georgia 38-34. I had TCU 45-37. to The closest we were is I had seven in my loser score. <laughs> uh, Georgia won 65-7 to for those who didn't watch the game. But I was more wrong than Kiernan. So Kiernan's getting four and a half points because he got the winner right. At I, the very least. <laughs> yeah, I did not want to have decimals in the final score, even though I put them there in the first place. But because I had TCU winning and they lost that badly, I'm losing three and a half points for being that wrong. So I, the final I think score, that's fair. Yeah, I, I think I honestly think it is fair. It's it makes sense. Uh, if you're that wrong, there needs to be repercussions, and I was that wrong. So see, see. The best part about this is that there was no NC, uh, NCAA violations because it was all handled in-house, right, Kevin? Yeah, all handled in-house. We're not going to get the death penalty. We're not going to lose scholarships. We're just we're handling it in-house. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. Yeah. Uh, last bit of news, really. I didn't look today, but Beamer Ball is staying in Columbia after being rumored to be connected to a lot of jobs. He's staying through 2027 and doubles his salary, more than doubles it, from 2.75 mil a year to 6.5 mil. Ken, what are your thoughts on the move? I think it's a it's a good move because it allows for some stability in the program and it allows to bring people into a program that has some stability and some level of track record. Now, he could bottle it next year and all of this will be for naught, but it's good to have confidence in your coach to be able to say, look, this is what we got this year. This is what he can do. This is a play style we like to run with. Here's the advantages of coming here for all the young recruits. And then having the stability of 20 till 2027 uh, definitely helps people, especially coming in this year, because they can say, okay, look, I'm going to get my four years under this guy and this is the, the person I want to be with. So I think that actually, that is super beneficial. I, I agree. I also think it's a great move because it's a reasonable salary. Right. We're not jumping from 2 million to 10 million. No, 2.75 to 6.5. And he has shown steady progress. It's not like one season. I think that's part of the concern. Uh, with a guy like Melton, like it suddenly seemed like overnight they were suddenly competing for a Big Ten championship. Texas A&M, Jimbo had a little more time, but I feel like it was suddenly overnight they had a good record and they got a massive fucking recruiting class and then they got the extension. But 2-8 and eight in Will Muschamp's last year, 7-6, and six, Shane Beamer's first year with a Dukes Mayo Bowl win over North Carolina, and then 8-5 and five this year. It's steady progress that seems to be sustainable. Right. So I love the move. I love Shane Beamer. I have not been apologetic about how I feel about him. I, I wavered a little bit early in the year, but I have changed. I've changed my tune. I'm it's back on back, back on, on the Beamer, Beamer ball. train. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I, I think it's it's one of those things. It's, it's almost like, because we saw what happened with big contracts and coaches bottling it. And I think that, you know, a, a, a steady increase in salary based on the, your performance is exactly what you should see in in coaches so that they can prove themselves 
to to be that that guy for that program and I, I think this will certainly help that and encourage him to you know just be a better coach and bring in better recruits and get his guys that he needs to get and I think this is this is it's going to be an interesting year yeah and all and also he's young he's 45 right. I think Shane Beamer might have become a South Carolina legend oh absolutely He's young enough to be there for a long time. He's showing improvement. And he'll be there if Kirby leaves or retires and Saban leaves and retires. He has a chance to really compete. Yeah. He's going to so, be like, the like. I'm hoping he's one of those like greats of old that, you know, starts out relatively young and just continues on this dominant tra- uh, track record of, of winning games and having positive or, uh, plus 500 seasons and things like that. And any progress he can make towards a, uh, a CFP birth is huge. Yeah. And, and also it's South Carolina. They, they don't really expect that kind of stuff. If you're competent, they'll love you. That's true. That's also true. But, and also Spencer Rattler announced he's coming back next year. And I know he's had a shaky college all career, but he really kind of picked it up as the season went on. I, I think South Carolina is going to be really good next year, actually. Yeah, they could I pose think, a threat. Uh, maybe to Tennessee, not really to Georgia, I don't think. No, no, no. I, I just mean like, you know, they could... Uh, a not, trap game? Yes, kind of. Where it's just like, oh, shouldn't Georgia be winning by now? And it's like, you know, the, the end of the second quarter, it'll all change in the third. But you're just like, do we see a, a glimmer of hope here? Yeah, I, I agree. They'll be next year's Kent State. There you go. There you go. And it's, I don't know. Also, I just thought of this. How many kids born in the next nine months do you think are going to have the name, first name Stetson, middle name Kirby? I hope none. No, oh, you know it's not going to be none, Kieran. <laughs> I God. 45% of kids born in Athens 15 to 20 percent born in Atlanta and probably about a cool uh, let's go 13 14 percent born across the entire state oh my god are going to be named Stetson Kirby or a combination thereof Stetson Kirby Kirby Stetson just Stetson just Kirby I hope nobody names their kid Kirby I'm sorry (laughs) that's an unfortunate name uh I think Stetson's fine, honestly, for a name. I don't want to name my kids that, but I I think Stetson's an okay name, honestly. I, I can't say I've ever heard the name prior to Stetson Bennett himself. I I genuinely don't think it think I've heard it. I don't. Yeah, I agree. But I it sound it sounds it fine. sounds it's, fine, but it's it doesn't. I don't know. I just. I, I guess I just haven't heard it. I don't know. I, I literally have no idea how many people are called Stetson in the U.S. I don't either. Um, yeah. Also, Kirby's middle name is Paul. Why wouldn't you just go by that? Kirby's more fun. Yes. Like, that's something you go by until you're, like, 14, and then you try to go by Paul. And then when you start applying to jobs, you go by Paul. He's a college football coach he doesn't need to go by paul no and i think that's probably part of it. i think the reason he was a call he became a college football player and then coach is because like 
Well, I everyone knows me as Kirby. I can't fucking yeah. work. <laughs> I can't work as an accountant named Kirby. Yeah, I was going to say, accountant, lawyer, anything where you have to wear a suit and tie. You can't just be like, hey, Kirby, can you run these for me? Um, in the 2010 census, there were 3,875 people named Stetson. Oh, okay. No, that's last name. That's still name. not a lot. No, it's not. Point one one people out of 100,000 are named Stetson. So, Stetson Bennett, then. <laughs> yeah. I think that's yeah. it. <laughs> Most famous people named Stetson. Stetson Kennedy. Um, they were an activist. And they died in 2011. Congrats, Stetson. You're the most famous Stetson. Seriously. Wait, isn't that a guitar? Stetson guitar? I have no idea. Am I dumb? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a guitar. Oh, cool. It's a guitar company. It's a hat company. I'm fucking stupid. It's a very famous hat company. Uh... What hats do they make? Stetson hats. Thank you, dipshit. What type? Cowboy hats. Okay, fine. It's like what they're famous for. And boots, apparently. I, I don't know this. I don't live in the South. I have no for a cow... Yes, but... Yeah, you did for four... Yes. But, I mean... I don't know. Uh, let's go through and look at what the most famous or most expensive Stetson hat is. We are so far off college football. <laughs> We're talking about Stetson. Um, price high to low. $1,620. Jesus. Did I order one? No, no. Kevin, do not order a Stetson hat. They're out of stock. Uh, thank God. Uh, the cheapest... Not gross hat is $130. I mean, I kind of get that, but still. I'm going to get a Stetson. I'm going to get a Stetson hat. Also, it's insane that a Stetson hat is more than I will be paying in rent. Yeah, that is kind of insane. Uh, Stetson... Please sponsor us and just give me a hat. That's all I want. I would I would love a Stetson hat. That would be funny as hell. Just just sponsored by a cowboy company. Oh, like I are you kidding me? I would wear that everywhere. Yeah. To work, out to bars. It's a statement piece. Yeah. Stetson, please sponsor this podcast. Wear all your stuff. Yeah. We will, too. We 100% will. That's not even like, a, yeah, oh, no, no I, please sponsor. We, we actually will do it. <laughs> Christmas pictures, Stetson hat. Yeah. And I'll put at the bottom, if we send out Christmas card, sponsored by Stetson. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. I need this. I need this Kevin, sponsor. Kevin, Kevin next, year, next year, we both need to buy Stetson hats and do a Christmas photo together. Just for yes. and giggles, send it out. Yes, you want to spend one hundred thirty dollars on a joke? Yes, 
Yeah, 100%. That's, that's something I would do, too. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, that's it for this season. Uh, we're going to take a few weeks off here so I can take apart my desk and move it. Um, and I don't know when we're going to come back. I, I don't want to do what we did last year. We just don't record for four months. Yeah, but, we'll do like a, a few uh, updated things every yeah. month or something like yeah. that. Every couple of weeks. We'll figure it out. But everyone have a good, safe off season. I know it's depressing. Try not to drink too much. And if you do, don't drive. And One, Stetson, sponsor two, us. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals, so they hired someone who killed Steve. Yeah, the LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment. But, but you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's going to go 8-4 this year, and half those kids are going to transfer. Are you sure?